Lovers quarrel. It's a long, sustained quarrel. What's going on, world? Hey, everybody. It's your guy, TJ, Mr. New Cool. And it's your girl, Danny. You're a loquacious leaping lizard. Loquacious? Yes. What does loquacious mean? means very talkative, verbose. Um, and then I did leaping lizards because, well, that's a, you know what movie that's from? No. Oh, it's from Annie. But oh, we're, we're, Annie's reco- we're recording orphan. on February 29th for leap year. Next, so today is leap day. Because it's a leap year. Oh, I see what you did there. Thank you. You're so smart. Anyway, well, folks, welcome to another episode of Lover's Quarrel. Um, of course, as always, if this is your first time listening, welcome. If this is your second time listening, welcome back. And if this is your third or more time listening, we consider you family at this point. You're a lover to me. Um, Shout out to all my lovers out there. Yes. I see you. Oh, my God. So... With that being said, do you want to go ahead and just jump right into we can, our? We're we're at Trinity Media. Yes, we are. Episode. Very special. So that's why the the decor is beautiful. Beautiful decor. Such we professionalism. Got, we got video. Exactly. You I, know what I mean, so we are we're leveling up in twenty. Whenever you're in New York, you want to come out to Trinity Media. Yes. I'll put the link inside the bio and all our other good stuff. So definitely. But yeah, we can go into the episode. How are you doing? Before we. I'm actually, I'm pretty good. I'm not, obviously, I don't sound as sick as I did last week, so that's also good. Um, And I'm just, you know, anxious and ready for, again, like we've been talking about, these new things are coming up. By the time this episode drops, we will have the keys to our new house. Yes, yes. That's that's insane. Very insane. But how are you, my good sir? You know, I'm living life. Just trying to be great. That's it. Mm Mm-hmm. You over here, you know, TJ's being very humble because he's like the guy at work right now. Everybody's like loving him. Niggas is mailing him cakes and sending him cards. <laughs> they did send me cards. Thanking him for his efforts and everything. And, you know, it's just, you know it's he's a, worldwide at this point. I'm, so. I'm, I'm not worldwide. I'm still regular, mm-hmm. you know, but we live in life, man. Mm-hmm. Let's get on this elevator. All right. Am I going or are you going? I can start it off. All right. Where are I'm we going? I'm going up, love. Going up. So... When this episode airs, we will be that will be on the sixth. Yes. Three days from our wedding anniversary. So mm-hmm. Danny and I are celebrating seven years married March 9th. That's it went really fast. It did. So um I just wanted to, you know, highlight that. So seven happy years. happy early anniversary. Yeah. Happy oh thank you, baby. Did, did are we doing anything for our anniversary? Uh I really don't know. What day is that? It's on a Monday. Probably not. We'll go be at work. We could do something else that when you get, when after you come back from like your work nah, trip. We gotta go celebrate or something. We can go to dinner or something. I don't know. See you you trying you to the one that you listen. You're you supposed to keep the spark in the relationship. You're gonna be out of town and then we're moving. I'll be back on that Monday. And we're moving but we're on moving. that Sunday. Okay, so what exactly do you wanna do? What did you have planned? Nothing. Yo, we're turning this elevator up, we're going down. It's a negative. <laughs> Listen, my wife had nothing planned. What do you have planned? I planned last year and the year before that and the year before that. I planned all the other joints. What did we do? I planned our whole wedding. That's a fucking lie. I planned our whole wedding. Then then the year, nah, year one, our first anniversary, you you got that. I'll give you that one. And you a black ass lie that you planned our wedding. I definitely, what? You planned a wedding by yourself. I didn't say, I didn't, I let myself not plan a wedding. I. How I much? What example? I mean, listen. I beg to differ. Anyway, 
let's happy early anniversary. Nah. We'll figure out something. We'll report back to y'all about if what we, we don't did celebrate. For our, for it didn't happen. So anyway, we'll report back to you. What that's we energy, come up with. That's the energy I'm on. If okay. We if we don't celebrate. Did it really happen? Be the change that you want to see in the world. <laughs> so you want something for the anniversary? You make it happen. All right. And then I'll work on something on my end too. I'll make it happen. Mm-hmm. For my next one. Okay. So, are you are you getting off? I'm off. All right. I'm off this ganky elevator. Well, I'm going to turn things back janky. around. And we're going back up. Go ahead. And I actually, you were part of my going up. Okay. You know, I should like rescind what I was going to say. No, it's but, already there. Um, so, you know, we've talked on this, ep- on this episode, we talked in the show plenty of times about like love languages and everything like that. And my number one love language is acts of service. Like, help me, nigga. Like, help me out. Make me like do things to lighten a little because that is how I feel most loved. And what I've been, what I was saying is that lately TJ has definitely been very, um, I've noticed that he's been very like on it with acts of service and helping me out hmm. and you know, doing for me from like, tell me about it. Like when the other night we were, um, at the third birthday party for our friend, uh, Boonie from the Boonie Breakdown podcast, her shindig, and when we were leaving. I had my car was on E. You hit TJ's car was not, so instead of it was late. So he was like, "Give me your keys. I'll go get gas, and then you take my car home." So like I had to just like little stuff like that. Like that makes my life a lot easier. And then I really like truly do appreciate those types of stuff. And he's been doing that like a little bit more consistently lately. So I've noticed, and I wanted to shout that out. Oh, I appreciate that. And then I needed other- that example. Huh? So I said I just need to make sure that the examples on. Is on the the, the the track so that way. Was it? Did it? Did it suffice? Yeah, no, no. Oh, all right. Yeah. So, and then the other thing I was gonna say was going up was, which is, uh, I guess, a little pop culture related, is um, I saw this clip on, I guess, I guess it was the Shade Room, and I think Waka Flocka was on Everyday People. I don't know what the hell it's called. Is it called Everyday People? Everyday struggle. Everyday struggle. Okay, whatever. So basically, he was on there and he like acknowledged that he himself acknowledged that he was not the greatest rapper, but that it was kind of like the means to a means to an end. Like he was like, I wanted, you know, I I rapped. He was like, I listened to you know Nas and KRS One. He was like, I know I'm not as good as them. He was like, I'm a whack rapper. He was like, but by like 2013, he was a millionaire, multi millionaire at that point, and then he was um, like, I want to do. Business. I want to. I figure out how to make this money work for me in other ways. And what I, what I would say is that I can. I applaud his transparency about his goal and how what he's done with himself since he really first came on the scene as a rapper. And acknowledging that he's not necessarily like lyrically the best or or you know telling a story the best storyteller or anything like that. But that it was. It was a that he you know took that as a sign and took it as a career shift. So um, I don't think we have a lot of people who are as that transparent. I like the transparency, but I don't I, I don't agree with it. I don't think it in the context if he's comparing himself to KRS One and Nas, and yes, he's not a good rapper, but he's made music that's been good. I mean, well, I mean anyone can make a bop. I mean, yeah. Anyone can make a hit, but it's just about whether or not you're, you're right. Anybody can, but not anybody can can make consistent hits. He he. Waka has a lot of hits. I just don't define a lot. He has more than two. Okay. Does does he not? I'm sure he does. Uh, he may have like four or five. Okay. Of just like hit songs or features or, or features. Okay. I mean that I give you. We have artists who who um 
who tore off of their mixtapes. Like, Drake was touring off of his mixtape. Got it, got He it. wasn't touring off of his hit songs. Got it. So, well, I just, I, I like the transparency of saying that I'm not the best, but I don't think he should downplay it in the sense that, like, if you, again, in the context of if he's comparing himself to the greats, no, he's not one of the great rappers. But does he make good music? There's probably other people out there who look up to him and think that he is lyrical, or think that hit or or his lyrical his lyricism works for them. Well, I appreciate. So I wouldn't downplay that. I do like the transparency. I appreciate though. his transparency and his humility, and I feel like it, you know, hip hop could use that from time to time because I know it's a lot of bravado and bragging and you know cockiness. But I just think that sometimes it's it's cool. It's okay to be like you know what like maybe it wasn't like he like he like. I think he said it. He was like, I love rap, but I'm not the best rapper. So, like I said, it was like a means to an end. Like, he wanted, it was his way of becoming wealthy, and now he's taking that wealth and flipping it and doing other things that um, will, you know, keep him around or keep him financially successful for the long run. But that's it. So, gotcha. shout out to Waka and shout out to you, I guess. You guess? I guess. Put some respect in my name, bro. Nope. And now it is time for. The relationship tip of the week. So my tip of the week is even if your partner's hating on you, <laughs> you just got to keep it moving. Like, you know what I mean? That's, this is going to be an easy one, you know? Even when your partner hates on you, you still smile through it. That's what I'm going to do. I'm going to smile through it. But my tip is going to be celebrate your friend's partner's success. My wife got a new job, so I'm celebrating. I'm happy for her. Um, my friend... One of my best friends got a raise. I'm happy for him. Um, another one of my friends got a. Uh, they're looking at like changing to a new job. So you know, celebrate your friend's success, um, your loved one's success. It should never be like a, a envy thing or or a jealousy thing. In my opinion, I feel like you should be proud when your friends or your circle your circle is winning. Definitely. I can agree with that. And my relationship tip of the week is in in relationships, and I think this, this applies to all relationships, not just romantic ones, sometimes you must ask for forgiveness and not permission. Um, I was in like just kind of like mulling over the last like week or so of like conversations I've had with friends, with family. Um, there were like instances or there was kind of like a thread, a common thread between some of these conversations about like people giving permission to their partner to do something or people having to seek permission from their partner to do something or, or spend something or whatever. And, um, while I fully agree that like, if you're in a relationship, especially a romantic partnership, like in your long, long term and you share bills and things like that, like you're going to have to have those conversations. You're going to have to communicate to, um, about certain things, especially like if decisions you make might impact the other person. Um, but also that every decision you make or every, uh, you know, if things that you want to do don't aren't necessarily the preference of the other person, that you don't have to necessarily, and they, or they may not like it, quite honestly, but that if it was really important to you, if it really matters to you or anything in between, that like sometimes you still got to just go and do it and you'll just ask for forgiveness instead of permission. Like you have to come back around and be like, yes, I know you maybe not wouldn't have liked this or you don't necessarily approve of this, so, within reason, of course, but I'm going to like, this this mattered to me, so I went ahead and did it because I think ultimately, Such like, as it's, what? give me an example. 
Um, What's something that you've asked for? Well, I've well forgiveness I, and not permission. Mm, I guess maybe an example. I, I I can't think of one with you and I right now, but I guess an example might be like if you know you wanted to. I won't even say change careers, but let's say you wanted to apply for a particular type of job, right? Mm-hmm. And the and you think it's going to be a great fit. You just feel like all the, the stars are aligning for this to work, right? And your partner is like skeptical, hesitant because it's like, oh, you're, but you're doing okay where you are. Like you're, you know, you're getting by where you are. You're, you're decent, and they're gonna giving you a hard time. Like I don't think you should do it or whatever. But if you don't go out for the job, then you might have resentment built because you didn't at least attempt it, right? So that's an instance where I would say like that person could maybe just still go apply for the job, and they'll come back and tell their partner like if they got an interview. And then just have to ask for forgiveness, not permission, because ultimately, like would, yeah, no, I mean, I, I understand example. That's that would be a trash ass partner if, unless it was like a major pay cut or something. But even then, like, I'm a big believer that your partner or your friends need, need to be happy. Like, but so, that's what I'm saying. Like, so if they're not happy, then it, it can affect your relationship. In my opinion, yeah, right? and that's that's my point though. It's like you have to. In certain situations, if there's really like no common ground or whatever, that sometimes you just gotta still go out there and do that. Like, I mean, I think that it's not trying to be disrespectful, and it's and ultimately, like any relationship, you're not going to be on the same page about everything all the time. You just but and and you know you want to make sure that you're not trying to violate, but or be disrespectful to your your union, but at the same time, you gotta still do things that are best for you. In order to be the best version of yourself for your partner, but that is my tip of the week. That works. Um, so before I go into my word of the week, me and Danny have decided that we're going to carry on the Black History um, fact, fact, factoid. So Black History three sixty five. Yeah. So. Uh, my black history for this episode is going to be Virginia State Union was founded on March 6th. Sorry, what did I say? Virginia State Union. Sorry, Virginia State University, VSU, was founded March 6, 1882. So shout out to that HBCU. Shout out to HBCUs out there too. Okay. What was that? Hold on. (laughs) And we have the camera. So what, what was that? Because you, I mean, you did attend an HBCU for one year, so I'll give you that. Even if I didn't, why, why can't I say shout out to the HBCUs? Because to me, it felt like you were shouting them out like like you're a product of HBCUs, but you're like, sort of not. Like I mean, I, I did a year. I love I, I, so I love everything HBCU stand for, even though I didn't go to one, but like- I did I, a year in HBCU. I, I've lived both- you know what I mean? Oh, you've lived both lives? I've lived both lives. You I, can't say that. I, I don't say that. I mean, but you can't. And I don't. Yeah, you can't speak about it. So, and I don't. We were just talking about that earlier. You can't talk about something you've never experienced, right? And I don't. But you just made a face because I bigged up. A, uh, just okay. Did I did I not just go to Coppin State University's homecoming because I used to go there? You sure did, baby. And they was just like, "Oh, TJ, you're back. What's Who's going the on, new y'all? Guy? 
What's Where's the rest of you? <laughs> I did get a lot of that. <laughs> That's because you also and you also had on your uh, your fancy schmancy pink plaid kiss that uh, had, shirt. That has nothing to do with anything. They're like, what is this velvet? You they try, were like, you trying to take shots over here? No, you trying to take shots over here? You told me to touch the material no, several times. Yeah, you were like, you were like, this is the quali- feel the quality, don't Danny. <laughs> don't touch me, goddammit. <laughs> All right, well, listen. My black history fact for this episode is on March 6th, 1857, the United States Supreme Court finally ruled in the Dred Scott versus Sanford um, case, which most of us in American history have heard about the Dred Scott case. Mm -hmm. But the majority of the justices said that Scott and all slaves and free blacks were not citizens of the United States and therefore had no standing in the courts. The case itself led to the nullification of the Missouri Compromise of 1820, allowing the expansion of slavery into formerly free territories and the legal principle that African-Americans, slave or free, were not citizens of the United States. The backlash to that decision strengthened the abolitionist movement and further divided the North and South, um, contributing to the U.S. Civil War four years later. Ah. So that's a history lesson for that ass. Okay. Um, so basically, with that decision, it made it that slaves didn't have a. So they didn't recognize they didn't recognize black slaves, people, black as, people as U.S. citizens, slave, enslaved or free, and so Got you. that and they because it like again because it kind of canceled out the Missouri Compromise, which was like a division of like you have equal amounts of free states and and slave states. Yeah, it like pushed the uh, civil rights. I mean, civil rights. Uh, that's civil so war. that's so crazy when you think about it, like. They had to vote on that. Like, we have black people, we have all these people, but black people, y'all don't, y'all don't even matter. Mm-hmm. I mean, think about three fifths, everything like that. No, I get that. No, I'm just saying it, it just makes you, you know, remember how fucked up the world truly is, and you know, it just makes you remember when people be like, "Well, slavery is over," and all this other stuff. It's like yeah. racism is dead. Nah, that shit is still there. That shit has been there for years. Listen, I know there's some people walking around today in MAGA hats that would feel like if they could uh, put us back in bondage, they would. But we're going to go ahead and move right along to... My word of the week? Yes. Oh, and... Let me see if I can... I'm sorry. Since last week's episode dropped, I just want the record to show that TJ has not yet paid me my $40. (laughs) He owes me money. I do owe her $40, but as long as I owe you, you won't go broke. No. So if you don't... Let's say this. If you don't pay me by the time this episode drops, you owe me like... No, nah. I'm, I'm charging interest. No, we never talked about it like that. We did not talk about it. Well, we never talked about it. We so did not talk no. About it. All right then. Well, we could talk about it now. Run me my money. I'll think about it. The Give fuck. Me, I mean, I know you keep your cash. It's fine. Okay. So if you steal from me, I'll steal from you. What's the, fuck? the word of the week? Let me see if I could stomp Danny. Stump. S- stump. Not Sorry. stomp. I wish I can stomp your ass. <laughs> um, the word of the week is. Hopefully I pronounce it right. I hope so too. Lagoria. Lagoria. Just ask to have the white lady say it. I should have had it pulled up already, right? Yeah, you should have. All right, here Prior it goes. proper planning. That's what you talked about you last right. episode. My fault. Lagoria. Lagoria. <laughs> <laughs> you fucking suck, yo. Lug- I was trying to pronounce it. Lagoria. Lagoria. Excessive and often incoherent. Talkativeness or wordiness. Sean's Lagaria can be off putting to those who spend a lot of time with him. We often end up tuning him out. Lagaria. 
Lageria. I probably will get stumped on this one. I'm not sure about this one. I love how you try to preface when you know that you because don't know when something. I, when I know... I mean, if you know it, you know it. If you don't, you don't. You don't, you don't got a preface to let us know. Listen, this go is ahead. my process You're of right. working through how to spell a word. You're right. Mind your business. La, go ahead. Lageria. 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 Break it down. I love to see that process, so... There it goes. She whispered it. She didn't want you to hear it, y'all. Shut up. <laughs> um, wrong. I I do feel like I'm going to get this wrong. Because I'm trying to figure out if it's L-O or L-A. Um, can you play the white lady one more time? Amanda, can you voice that again? Hold on. Lageria. Thank you, Amanda. I'm just gonna spell it like how it sounds because I know I'm not gonna get this right. L O G E R I A. She didn't. Right. She didn't try. Yeah. You were wrong. I, well, I knew that. So how is it spelled? L O G O R R H E A. I thought there might be an H in there, but eh, you know. Well, you just you gave up, so it doesn't matter. I didn't matter. give up. I just Listen, knew I was, I was gonna miss a letter. She lost. Yes, but she still owed me forty dollars from last week. All right. Well. So. You owe me your life. But I will, I will make sure to give you fucking $40. i am going to get you $40 in pennies. Okay. That's fine. I'm, I'm going to make sure. I'm going to go to the bank and be like, I need $40 in pennies. Make it happen. And I'm going I'm to just drop them bitches You still can't off. cash app me though, right? Huh? You still can't cash app me I can cash app <laughs> you, but I'd rather, I'd rather be a, a nuisance. Actually, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to cash app you a dollar a day. A dollar over 40 days? Over 40. Actually, I'm going to send you a, a penny a day. I'm going to see if I can send a penny. If I can send you a penny, I'm going to send you a penny a day. I'm going to send this shit right back. <laughs> All right. Well, listen, folks, we're going to go ahead and take a little break. Be right back. Hey, friend, it's time for you to ditch those workout gloves and get the grip and wrist support you deserve. What do you suggest? You need to get the Gaines Load and Lock Grips by Gaines Sports Gear. They are more durable than gloves, have a non-slip grip pad that provides grip support and added wrist support, unlike your traditional workout gloves, and will protect your hands from calluses. Do they come in different colors? Not only do they come in different colors, but they are available for men and women. Do yourself a favor. Go to GainesSportsGear.com. And remember, a better grip equals a better lift. Embrace the process. And now we're back. And we have a very, very special guest with yes. us this yes, episode. We and we have the lovely, beautiful Ucheche Chinyere of The Grapevine TV of Run the Tape Podcast. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for having me. Welcome to our little show that could. <laughs> um, it's it's really on a, quite an honor to have you on. No, thank you so much for having me. Um, and as always, you know that when we have guests on, our goal, our purpose is to provide the perspective of someone else because of what they do for a living, how they grew up, anything in between, because as much as TJ and I love to have our two cents about everything, we still have a, a limited scope of like what relationships are because mm. of our, you know, only being with each other for 16 years and that's it. That's a long time. Congratulations. Thank, Thank you. you. Yes. Congratulations. Yes, yes, yes. So I was just saying to him, like, so we were talking to her, um, and about how we're about to have like seven years married and 16 years together and it really did go by pretty fast, but that's even better. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The fact that, like, because it would suck if 16 years dragged. <laughs> yes, yeah. this is true. Agreed. Very true. Um, so just kind of to jump in and kind of um, help under, help us understand you, Chachi, and our listeners to understand, um, 
in doing our research, we know that you are Nigerian, mm-hmm. and um, that also comes with its own upbringing, cultural background, and that yeah. inf- you know all of everything that happens to us as kids influences us as adults. Absolutely, right? yeah. So in growing up in that household and culture, but then also simultaneously living and growing up in Newark, absolutely. <laughs> what was that like having to kind of like exist in these like two? sometimes maybe like contrasting cultures right um definitely um one thing i always say is that i didn't realize how many people um so i've always relied on my mother my both my parents i've I, uh, my parents have been married for uh oh, i'm 30 i'm 31 so that would be they're going to be 34 years this year wow. Um, Congrats to them. Yeah. <laughs> Kudos. Tip my hat. So, y'all halfway there. Y'all halfway there. Um, right? I guess so. So, but yeah. So, um, I and they work, they've, you know, I remember when they would have their, like, when they had their issues when I was younger, but then they've learned to really work seamlessly as a team. Mm-hmm. And um, my father was always involved in my, like, and even that is kind of, like, odd, different for the Nigerian community because mothers are usually super involved with their kids, mm-hmm. raising them. My father was the one more involved with, like, schooling and things of that nature. So it would, you know, when I would go to school, and they'd be like, you know, have your mom sign this or have your moms do this. And I'm like, my mom's not going to sign this. It's mm-hmm. my father. Like, yeah. <laughs> And um, so that was one thing that I think, like, really stood out to me as a kid growing up. Um that um i you know my parents were really strict mm-hmm. so um i wasn't allowed to date um up until college so i i had like little boy- not unheard of though yeah but yeah. She, but you know what's funny is that like i had like little boyfriends and stuff like that but i couldn't go out with them yeah. um unless i snuck out the house or like and then i remember in college my freshman year of college my mom calls me, I think it might have been like, so school started in August, September, October. My mom calls me and it's just like, oh, you know, I just want to know, um, do you have any friends? And I'm like, yeah, friends. Like, you know, mo- like, you know of, course. of course. And then she's just like, no, like special friends. And I'm like, <laughs> um, I guess I have close friends. And she's like, no, I'm talking about guys. And I was just like, yeah, friends are guys. And she's just like, no, I mean, like, you know, a friend. I'm like, what, are you, what is she getting at? What are you saying? <laughs> <laughs> um, and basically, she was trying to ask if I had, like, a guy that I was talking to, um, you know, or I had a boyfriend or whatever. And I was just like, you know, I was like, I spent my whole life being told I couldn't talk to guys. And now I'm expected to, like, find a way to talk to men. And it's like, that's impossible. Like, how does that work? And that's something I definitely realized in college that, I, like, you know, I'm very ill prepared mm-hmm. for dealing with the opposite sex in that and like romantic settings. Capacity, yeah. yeah. Um because I didn't have like I didn't engage I wasn't allowed to engage with them like that, you know, coming up. You know, of course you hang out with them and like I said, you know, you always have your little boyfriends, but then you when it comes into serious relationships, I was like, oh I I don't really have that bandwidth that I, you know, of course, you know, you know, I know who I am, you know, I know what I like and stuff like that. But you realize there's like a lack of bandwidth because you haven't had the experience of being around, Mm -hmm. you know, this gender. And um, I realized that in college, I mean, you eventually catch on pretty quickly. But like, you know, when my mom asked me that question, I think I really realized like, oh, you guys have not prepared me at all. Yeah. And it's like you go from one thing, it's like boys are completely off limits to like when are you getting when are you getting married exactly it really, and like where was the in between it went just like just like that it went from like oh never talk to boys they're bad they're gonna call you they're gonna make you pregnant and we don't you know 
teen pregnancy is terrible to like college. It's like, so when are you looking for a husband? And I'm like, I, and then, you know, of course, there's like the cultural thing of like, oh, because, you know, I, along with that conversation, I told my mom, I was like, oh, I have, she's like, well, where are they from? And I was like, oh, I have friends who are American, Nigerian. I have friends from like who are white, who are, my mom was like, no, I want you to have friends only who are Nigerian, who are Igbo. And I was just like, Friend, and you know, at this time, still like to me, a friend is like a, a platonic friend, friend yeah. like it's a platonic relationship. And she's talking about like in a romantic sense, and I was just like, you know, and I couldn't. We were not on the same page in that conversation. But as I got older, I realized how like um, big that was for my parents, especially since I'm the oldest child. Mm-hmm. And they were very, very like you know, set on me ending up with an, a Nigerian and. Forgetting that I grew up in Newark, forgetting that like I, this, there's a particular type of person I grew up with, mm-hmm. and um, you know a lot of psychologists tell you that the people that you marry are the people that you essentially grow up with, even it, whether it's like that you know that group of people that you grew up with or mm-hmm. people similar to people that you grew up with, mm-hmm. that's who you end up um, partnering with later on in life. And um, my parents did not really have us around like outside of church and stuff like that, my parents are very religious, didn't really have us like around a lot of Nigerians. And the ones that we were at, we were around, we all called them, you know, cousins and stuff like yeah. that. So, you know. Just like eliminated the, just, the romantic yeah. possibility. Yeah. So I have like so many cousins and they're telling us like, you guys aren't cousins. I'm like, well, it's too late now. Yeah, like, like, that's it. <laughs> exactly. I was like, we are chosen cousins now and that's never going to change. Exactly. So I mean, it's not going to happen. Yeah. So that's that on that. Listening to you, you were on a ter- another uh, show, and one thing that um, you had touched on was like your parents were like, your mom was like, "I'm not coming with you unless I'm married," and your dad was like, "Bet, let's get married." And so, as far as that, like, it seemed kind of like a whirlwind romance type of thing. Um, do you, because of that, do you believe in like the potential for like? Finding someone, and I'm thinking too, like with Love Is Blind being out, mm-hmm. and you know, the, and like I even have my godfather, his wife. They've been married for like, I guess, almost 30 years, and they met. They met married after like a month of being together, and she was in the process of adopting because she was like, I'm single, I want to be a mom, mm-hmm. and they met, and so like he ended up becoming like an instant like husband and dad because he also um, adopted my cousin, right? And um, so like saying that to say like we see examples, or we might know examples of like this like instant, almost like love and last going the distance so is that something that you believe in even for like in this day and age or for yourself or anything so i actually do um think it's possible okay um when i watched love is blind and married at first i i always realized that one of the reasons that a lot of the relationships don't work is because um, people aren't honest with what they want Mm -hmm. um when you are upfront with that a lot of times because People always say, like, you're never going to know your partner completely. Mm-hmm. Um, so the process, the uh, the question is, like, do you want to learn a little bit, little bit now or do you want to learn all of it later? Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of people would prefer to learn little by little so that they're not, like, you know, bombarded. And that's what happens when you, you know, meet and marry somebody very quickly. You're mm-hmm. bombarded with who they are. And that can be overwhelming. Um, but um, I realize that a lot of people are not honest and that, they realize that love is an inherent thing. Mm-hmm. It's any, it's like this emotion that is going to carry you throughout the relationship. So when you no longer feel that like the relationship is over, and I was like, that's not how that works. It's an action. When you no longer want to choose to love somebody, mm-hmm. um, that's when. <laughs> sorry. That's when I think the relationship is over, when you decide that this person is not worth choosing to love daily. And so when I watch these shows, I realize that the people who fail, the people who kind of like, 
have those type of mindsets, but the people who are able to survive it are the ones who are like willing to like really put in the groundwork, mm-hmm. um, notwithstanding you know other things that could possibly be an issue. But like you know when if they are because ma- the whole point is that they're matched. Um, love is about a little different because everybody has like agency, but with married at first sight, um, they're they're all matched, mm-hmm. and it's and it's. Granted, there's cameras and all that stuff, so it can get very like mm-hmm. frustrating and stuff like right. that. But they are matched based on certain things. So as long as you're honest, this should be able to work. Yeah, you know. Yeah, so yeah, I think that, I think you make a good point with that because you know, especially with married at first sight. So TJ's a big uh, married at first sight. I am. Um, I like hate. I, I you hate watching. I like hate watching because it, it <laughs> gives too. me so much anxiety. Because I'm like, why do they do this? Like, like I, why I do people do this? See, see, what I hate about it is I hate that it's like. Y'all know what y'all going into, mm-hmm. and then y'all act like brand new. Yeah, like you knew that you were going in there to marry somebody, exactly. so you should go in there with that with, with that mindset. I mean, listen, you can have certain boundaries, of course. Like, Absolutely, if you don't feel sexually connected to somebody, I, I wouldn't expect you to have sex with somebody. Exactly, but you went into this knowing you were getting married, so your relationship is already a different relationship. Exactly, I hate to see it when they be like. Let, I don't know you. Let's start. Let's start over. So then, why get married? Yeah, that's always that's it's the and it's like marriage and like so like I like and think about like knowing somebody, right? So I always like joke about this because I'm like I don't even though we, TJ and I've been together for so long, I don't think we could have been as successful in our marriage had we not, for example, lived together before we got married. So I know some people are like against cohabitation before marriage. Some more, I guess it's more com- way more common nowadays. But I know that like if I had not like lived with him prior to marrying him, I don't know if we would be coming up on year seven because there's like, you really get to know a person when you have to share space with them on a regular basis. And then it's also too, like you talk about like that feeling like love is not just something that's always there. You have to like choose to do it. You have to work at it because he like, it's very easy to become kind of like two ships passing in the night where yeah. you're like, you know, especially like as you get older and adulting and then, you know, we got it. We have a, a, ch- a child together. So you would throw a kid in the mix and you're just like, you have all these other hats that you have to wear. And it, you know, you just kind of become like roommates who like or occasionally F, yeah. sleep together. And so, and it's like, that is something that you have to kind of make that decision to ask yourself and sometimes like check in because I think that was a tip I did one episode was like sometimes you have to like check in with your partner and, and be see like, where they're yeah. like see where their head is at where are we as a couple where are we as individuals in our lives um, and like one thing I always do is like sometimes people always ask the questions like well, how could you be with somebody for this long and how is it like you're not bored or you only been with one person and what I kind of say is you know I ask myself I'm like alright is life better with TJ in it or without him. Exactly. And That's then a it's great like question. and even when I like hate his fucking guts, it's still like hate my fucking guts. Yes, I said what I said. Okay. So you got it. even when I hate him, it's like, but my life is overall better with him in it. He makes my life better You're than welcome. without it. And the same applies. <laughs> the same I'm sure applies. the same applies for and you. <laughs> tenfold for me. Tenfold. Tenfold. Thank you. I don't ever hate your guts, so I mean, listen. I may dislike to you. To Chachi's point, you got to be honest. <laughs> Sometimes okay. I hate your stinking guts. Okay. But I still love you, but I hate your, I what you've you. done. I say that all the time to people. Like, you know, you're going to wake up sometimes and you're going to look at the person like, I fucking cannot stand you. Mm-hmm. Like, I actually the do not. I don't want to look at you. Like, <laughs> I want you out of my sight. And those are the moments that you have to be like... I'm going to step away for today, and I'm going to come back tomorrow. That's the choice to continue this tomorrow. But today, I would like you to get out of my face. (laughs) It's actually so, like, in our house, when you come in, there's, like, this little, like, male, like, 
thing, apparatus, whatever you want to call it. And there's like a little chalkboard so you can write stuff. And the same quote has been there for like at least three years now, which is like, I love you more than I did yesterday. And then it was like, parentheses was like, yesterday you got on my nerves. And that's that's really that's what it real, is. Yeah. That's what it is. Because like, you're like, there's no way you're going to be in like a, uh, any type of, meaningful relationship and like somebody and it doesn't even have to be romantic it's just gonna be friendships kinships whatever where people don't piss you off sometimes or upset you. it's impossible to like be with somebody because you're not the same person so they're not going to be they're going to be moments and then people also we all change um we all have our moments where we uh evolve or devolve sometimes in Mm -hmm. you know various ways and so not everybody's doing it at the same time with you not everybody's doing it at the same at the rate like you so that there's going to be arguments, there's going to be disagreements, there's going to be shouting matches. Unfortunately, yeah, you know, if you can, if you can help it, you know, you will. I've always, I, I know for myself, I've somebody had asked me like, you know, because you know, Twitter is like the cesspool for mm-hmm. relationships, of course. and um, <laughs> and you know, they were talking about like arguments and stuff like that. And um, I said that one thing that changed my life was when a friend told me that um, disagreements are. You know, disagreements are about like, you know, um, you know, not seeing eye to eye. Arguments are about power. Mm. And when you argue, you want to overpower the other person. When mm. you disagree with them, you're actually trying to like you're now you're trying to like you're just not you don't see the eye to eye. So what you're trying to do is like find a common ground. Yeah. But when you argue, you're gen you're like you're not interested in finding a common ground. You just want to overpower them and win. And it changed my life like it, it you know every relationship I went in after hearing that you know after hearing that um I always ask myself like am I just trying to win or am I trying to see you know are we trying to make it to a common ground exactly. that makes a lot of sense I'm about to use that yeah that's <laughs> definitely a bar we I might try to incorporate that into the episode title <laughs> um and so it's funny speaking of Twitter love is blind right so I saw that you had tweeted um or part of a tweet that had said recently that healthy relationships aren't turbulent whirlwinds. When you were referencing Love is Mm -hmm. Blind, and um, I agree. And so I wanted you to ask you to like kind of like expound on that. Like, what do you, uh, what do you mean by that when you say like healthy relationships aren't these turbulent whirlwinds? So uh, we're a generation raised by romance and the ideas of passion. We're a Disney. we're definitely a Disney era. Yeah, it says with the Lion King. We're with the like, Lion King sweatshirt. Exactly. <laughs> and um, we have been, um, a lot of us, and it goes still hand in hand with the idea that love is a feeling as opposed to an action. We just think that there is this like feeling of intensity that comes like when we find somebody that we're meant to be with and there's just like overwhelming feeling of intensity and passion. Mm-hmm. And like a lot of us were also raised in... Um, really um, emotionally turbulent households. Mm -hmm. And we also think that that's love as well because we don't know anything else. And so when we meet, when we get into relationships, people think that like, you know, fighting and having makeup sex is like the way a relationship is supposed to go. This like mess of like emotions and oh, he makes you crazy, but that's why I love him. I'm like, you know, you don't have to be crazy in a relationship to be happy and full and still have that passion. And I was like, you can have healthy passion. And that's why I was like, you know, the, the woman I was referring to, Kelly, she was like, I don't, I'm not infatuated. And I was like, you never want to be infatuated mm. with your partner. And that's fleeting. It's fleeting. It's so fleeting. And I think like, you know, to the point of when you talk about like long-term relationships, like it's not always going to be thinking about love is blind. We're like, 
you run to the person every day and you're in their arms and it's like, oh my God, don't, it's sometimes like love is like, hey, what's up? Kiss, you know, like, and it's still like the, there's like a, it's almost like a simmer, right? So like, yeah. like instead of like the flames being turned up high and it's like smoke and stuff everywhere, sometimes it's, and it can be like that sometimes, like, you know, there's going to be passion, there's going to be fights and makeup sex sometimes, but that's not, it doesn't have to always be the the, the cycle or the of, pattern exactly. of the relationship. And I think another thing to like, in the way I kind of interpreted what you said too, is I think that there's also, let me kind of touch on like the emotional trauma part, which you think that relationships have to be these like drama filled like circuses and then like no that's not like how it has to work but if you grew up seeing that yeah. then you think it, that, that that's norm. Yeah. you think that's normal like, like if you see people or, yelling yeah. all the time you think to show love i gotta yell exactly to show love that you have to yell um i wish i remember the name of the book there's a book i'm currently reading i think it's all about love by bell hooks i think because she has a couple of books about on love and relationships and um i know a lot of people don't care for bell hooks but she has some amazing work surrounding love and how we should like you know approach it and she talks about how a lot of us grew up and like but we don't want to admit it because we love our parents we love our yeah. you know we love the people around us but we don't want to admit that we were um, emotionally abused in some way mm-hmm. and a lot of us are and it's not a bad it's not necessarily like it's not the fault of um our our parents, you know, our parents do the best that they can. They, they can. were people before they were parents. Exactly, yeah. they do the best they can with what they have, exactly. and this is how they were raised too. So they're just like passing on whatever they know. Yeah. And you know, one thing that she talked about was um, emotional with like you know withholding. Mm-hmm. You know how like your parents won't talk to you, or like you know, mm-hmm. and people pass that on with their partners, and so. Um, you'll give your your partner the silent treatment. You won't explain what's going on to them. Or like, you know, you'll dip and you won't tell them where you're going because you want to punish them for what they did before. Mm-hmm. You know, you want to... Um, um, you withhold sex, you know, you, yes. you know, and not because you're, you know, there's like a physical reason why you don't want to have sex. You just simply, it's a form of punishment. Like yeah. you're withholding all these things because you were taught that this is the way that you handle problems in the relationship. And that's a part of like this like turbulence that goes, because it's like now everybody's angry, <laughs> you know? And um, it's like, you know, teaching yourself that the, communication is really important and you need to say like hey i'm upset because of this so i need mom i need time i don't want to talk to you because i'm upset yeah. not i'm going to ice you out and then you know hope that you beg to come back in yeah. or i'm going to go out with my friends and um now you have to cuz you know that's something that's happened to me in the past where like you know a guy i was dating mm-hmm. just dipped left right. um Turned off his phone intentionally. We had an argument. He turned off his phone intentionally. Went, you know, went to hang out with his friends. I'm searching for him because I don't know. Because now it's just like I forgot about the argument. I just want to make sure that you're safe. Yeah. Yeah. And um, and then now you come back and it causes an argument and it continues the argument. And now it's a completely different argument because it's escalated. It's it's, completely different. And now on top of that, it's like there is like not as power struggle because like now I feel like I'm out of control because you have me in this position where I want to make sure that you're safe. I want to I forget about whatever happened. I'm just like, you know, I just want to make sure that everything is okay. Now I'm like, you know, insecure in my position in the relationship. So it becomes, and all of that is not healthy. It's, it's draining. And it's extremely draining. And that's not a relationship that anybody should aspire to be in. I definitely agree with that. And I think when you talk about the part about, like, with your parents and stuff. So, like, my parents were married for, like, uh, almost 20 years before they got separated and divorced. And um, so, like, 
I was just telling TJ, yeah, I was telling TJ about when I went to uh, therapy yesterday, and I was having a conversation about some dance stuff going on at work with some people I work with, and she was kind of like getting to the, and I made a joke about how I kind of had the same conversation I've been having with some colleagues of mine, like I had with my parents, where I was like, when I was getting ready to leave for college, and I had to be like, so who y'all finna talk to? Because y'all don't talk to each other. Y'all talk to me. Yeah. Because my sister has been had been at the house. And then I'm, you know, getting ready to leave for college. And it was one of those things where, like, my dad, like, you know, where I'd come in. I'd talk to TJ about his day. That's how, like, my dad would come in. We would talk about our day. My mom and I would talk about our day. And they wouldn't talk. Mm-hmm. And, like, it, you know, if it didn't have to do with my sister and I or, like, household responsibilities, the conversation wasn't there. So I had this, like, anxiety when I was leaving for college about, like, you know, how are you going to make it without... A conversation, somebody to talk to, and like they ultimately like separated my sophomore year of college, and then and then subsequently got um, divorced. And my my therapist was kind of saying like, you know, you gotta like ask yourself or revisit like, why do you feel like you have to like keep it together or like mm-hmm. like be, play peacemaker or like you know diplomat all the time? She was like, that probably has stuff to do with with, that, with your upbringing yeah. and and exposure to that. And again, you know, and I think it's a, a an interesting point of how parents. You know, I was I think I think I was maybe like twelve or thirteen when I had that like aha moment, like, oh, my parents are just people that don't know what the fuck is going on sometimes too. And um I just remember like that flip of the switch and like kind of having the appreciation of like, okay, they 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 were amazing parents. Like they where one lacked, the other one like picked mm-hmm. up the slack. So they like we were straight at that. They just weren't good together yeah. as husband and wife too. And I feel like that's such an important differentiation that needs to happen because like a lot of people stay for the kids or whatever and it's like you can't do that either because you don't know what you're impressing upon your children Mm -hmm. that you know that they're going to carry with them I think that's a tough one though because I also feel like as had a divorce how would that have changed you you know like like when I was younger yeah I mean it might have I mean I, I I literally was like I mean, I wasn't surprised in the least when they did it. I was more surprised because I thought they were just going to kind of be miserable ever after kind of thing. It was just, you know, like they just kind of right. exist no, together. I, I get that, but I'm just saying, I think from a parent aspect, sometimes we will make we will make those sacrifices, even though it may not be the healthiest thing, but we're thinking about that child. Yeah, but I think what ulti- I think ultimately, and, and um, which actually I'd love to hear your point too, of if... You want your child or children to see a healthy relationship. Mm-hmm. If you guys aren't exhibiting the examples of a healthy relationship, you're actually doing a disservice to your kids. I mean, we know that now. Yeah. But I'm but uh, similar to what Chelsea said earlier, our parents only knew what they knew. Yeah. yeah. So they came from they came from an era where people you stayed together forever, regardless. Grandpa you got know? a whole other family down the street. And, and, and grandma stayed. And stayed. And and, and, and and that was the norm. We are lucky enough that we know better. And now, if it was us and we just couldn't work, we would separate mm-hmm. and just be the best co-parents that we can be. But that I feel like that, that comes through with, with like evolution in time. Like, yeah. Shout out to us millennials breaking generational curses. Sometimes trying. creating more other ones. Because yeah. one thing I've realized with like... Um, with, and I've said this to many of my um, friends, particularly who are um, fathers, a lot of men um, are so focused on being better fathers than their fathers 
they forget that their fathers weren't good partners either. Mm. So that gets lost in the mix. So even if they aren't with the mother of their child, they some they tend to not be good partners in general. So they're mm. good. They're a great parent, not a good partner. And they think that. Um, and in our society, we kind of think that partner that you know we parcel out, you know, how we treat people based on, like, how close they are to us. So, I mean, like, now even, like, um, we always talk about, like, how, like, men are, like, Again, Twitter. Twitter talks about like how men are really poor at friends and benefits relationships, mm-hmm. and men is men. A lot of men are like, "Why I got to treat you good for because I'm fucking you?" And I'm like, "Because you're a fucking human being." Because the first word in that is friend. It's, Be a friend. Exactly, and it's just <laughs> like you can still treat people with human decency. Yeah, you yeah. can still treat them. You can still ask somebody like how their day is. The point is, is to ensure and to communicate that this is you know. Just a particular, like, this is a particular type of arrangement. You can still be a kind person to yeah, that person, yeah. and that goes the same for like co-parenting and stuff like that. And I think that that's kind of get lost as we talk about co-parenting these days, like treating the other person as like you know still a human being, still making mm-hmm. sure that realizing that like as long as the other parent of your child is good, then your child would be good. But if only you're good, but the other child is you know the other parent isn't good. It doesn't really make a difference. You're still doing the same harm that you were trying to avoid, exactly. you know, with your child, with you know, that your parents did to you. I think realizing is the most important thing, mm-hmm. and I, I I don't think that we realize that sometimes. Like just speaking from like that friends with benefits, I think they're like, this is, this is only supposed to be sex. I don't mm-hmm. have to be nice if I, because if I'm too nice. Then you gonna think this is a relationship, but it shouldn't. That's the thing that the converse like that shouldn't yeah. be. No, no, no. You're right. Yeah, and I'm like, and there I, should be some like transparency, like th- like whatever our arrangement is. What it like? I, I feel like that's when like expectations should be set. Like, yeah. Okay, we're gonna have sex, but. I still expect you to treat me a certain way. Yeah, because you should be like I'm not. Nobody's saying that y'all should be like on the phone for like hours, yeah, like you yeah. know. But it, the reason that you guys are friends with benefits is because you probably like each other as mm-hmm. human beings. Yeah. So like you know that sh- that shouldn't shift because you know. Yeah, I agree. Um, because sex is now involved, and as long and if you if there is the assumption that something's going to change because you're being nice, then that. You shouldn't be a friend, period. Forget friends of benefits. Yeah. Like, you know. Everybody ain't built for that. Yeah, like, and it, like, yeah. Eh? People should just, like, I really, like, everybody should be honest with themselves and what they are capable of and what they are able to do. And um, being kind to people, regardless of the relationship you have, is just, like, simple human decency. You're right. Like, but that's a lot all of people aren't, don't have human decency. And that's, and it's so sad. Being nice means nothing. It, it costs I, nothing to it be It costs nice. nothing. And the people are really, um, we're very stingy with it. Yeah. We're very, very, like, we like we truly parcel out. Like, I'm, until you get to this point, and, and it's just like, it's almost like a video game where it's like, until you get to this level, yeah, yeah, that's yeah. when I can, like, I can, like, I you like know. do something different. Oh, you've, you, nice yeah. You've earned, you've earned, like, my, you've full, earned. my full vulnerable self or my kind self. And, I mean, I, I can understand and agree with that because it's, like, Sometimes people, you know, the, the perception you can't like, just give it, from yeah. weakness, and you don't want to be walked all over or taken advantage Absolutely. of. Absolutely, TJ does always say like it costs you nothing to be nice, and I mean, I've always, I've prided myself on being somebody who will give the benefit of the doubt, be nice. You know, I have no reason until you show me, prove to me otherwise. I have no reason to not 
be nice to exactly. you or be kind to you or think the best of you if you have the best intentions. But, you know, it's and it's difficult because there's also people who take advantage and they want Absolutely. You, know, you gotta keep your head on a swivel Absolutely. for that type of stuff too. So No, it's, it's not to like throw yourself out. I mean like but it is to like, you know, be But if you see a homeless person, you can say hi to the homeless yeah, person. Yeah, or right? like, you know, just you because they're not just like don't be an asshole. Maybe just that's the thing. Like, yes. Yeah. You don't yeah. have to be an asshole to somebody because yeah. like yeah, absolutely. Because they're less than or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No. Because nobody really is. Um, except Donald Trump. Um, but one thing that um, you're obviously known for is having um, opinions <laughs> a lot, on lots of things. So pertaining to relationships, I kind of came up. This is a little bit of like a question, like a pick, pick top three maybe of the of the five options, right? So education, mm-hmm. family, political views, because those are big these days, religion, and employment. Of those five things, what do you think matters most to you as far as, like, when it comes to, like, a relationship and going the distance? Like, if as far as, like, maybe, like, being on the same page or, like, having a common ground with a person. Um, because some of these things are, like, they they can cause, like, drastic, like, disparities. Absolutely. So I'm just wondering. So, again, I'll, I'll repeat them to you. Education, family, political views. Religion, employment. Um, excuse me. I think family might be first for me. Okay. Uh, so, in terms of employment, does it? Is it? I think that they just like they are employed, or like that they are. Like, yeah, like gainfully employed. So as long as they, they, they is this, it's not about what kind of job they have. No, they just have think, a job. I think I think so more like have a job. And I'm, I'm leaving it open to interpretation because like with family, it's, it could be how they interact, the relationship they have with their present family and or if they want children. You yeah. know what I mean? So it's like however you'd like to interpret it. <sighs> because I definitely am going to, I don't know if I can like, because it really varies. Um for religion, as long as they're both Christian or as long as you have some type of moral upstanding. However, if you have a strict religion, like I'm Christian, I'm Catholic, yeah. but if you are Muslim, that um, there's a really Almost. hard, yeah, it's really hard to be in a relationship with that because um, Islam kind of requires, um, it's, a little, it's a lot stricter than Christianity mm-hmm. in that regard. And it's like, um, I don't want to become Muslim. So, yeah. you know, that that would pose a problem. What if you... What if he didn't care if you became? If he didn't Muslim? care, that's different. If he wasn't a strict, um, if he wasn't a strict Muslim, same yeah. thing with um, Judaism. Um, I tend to find myself. Um, I've always found it easier to. It's the it's like the Abrahamic religions that are always very difficult to navigate. Everything else has been always like a little easier. Okay. Um, but like those three, even Christ, within Christianity, some people are like, well. Um, like, I know my parents were always like, well, you know, your partners have to become Catholic if they're not Catholic. And I'm just like, that's insane. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but and, Yeah, and I think I think about that, too, because only and I, part of why I included that in there was because of, like, that was something that wasn't an issue for us because TJ and I are both Catholic. Mm-hmm. So, oh, and, that's great. Yeah, so, like, <laughs> I mean, and like, I like to call myself like an a la carte Catholic because I just kind of like pick and choose the things mm-hmm. I want to like adhere to or subscribe to. But at the same time, when we had our daughter, when we got her baptized, it was like, okay, easy peasy, right? No conversation like, about no, it. No conversation yeah. about it, but it could be such a major thing. So that makes sense. So, so family and like religion, depending on how like strict they are or how, how much they adhere to their religion, 
And I'm going to, so it's like family religion. I'm going to put, um, I'm going to throw in political views in there as well. Mm. Um, This is tough. Yeah, because political views, so there's a couple of different ways that you can go about that. There's the most obvious one, like, you know, being Republican and being Mm -hmm. Democratic or independent or whatever, um, libertarian, whatever. Um, Then there's also how you view issues concerning LGBTQIA, um, how you view issues of race and gender. Um, I have learned personally that it is very difficult to be pro-black with someone who is still looking for the... um, who is still looking for the approval of white people. Mm. Um, they may not realize it, but you quickly pick on, you pick, pick up on it, and um, they're not, um, it, it becomes an issue. It becomes an issue because um, I think, for, like, for example, I went somewhere with someone and they were like, oh, like, you know, they were talking about like how black people, the black people that were there were kind of acting out and they were kind of embarrassing them. And I was like, well, other black people don't speak for me. And furthermore, I'm not embarrassed by other black people and what they do. Mm-hmm. Um, and he was just like, yeah, but they make us look bad. And I was just like, but white people do shit like this all the time. So mm-hmm. I don't feel any type of way. And he just couldn't understand it. Um, yeah. And it, it, and that continued. That type of like mentality continued, and I just couldn't deal with it. Um, so you know, those are the, that's something that I realized um, really matters mm-hmm. because then it goes into like, well, how do you raise your children? You know, what kind of things are you telling your child mm-hmm. um, about race? Um, same thing with gender, like how they approach gender. And you know, I've always said that when you, as a woman, as a straight cis woman, when you are dealing with men. You're gonna to have to do a lot of teaching and you know helping to unlearn because our just the way that our society is based. So you know you're gonna to have to remind, you're gonna to have to teach your partner. Okay, like this is what is you know what is right, what is right concerning gender, and you're gonna to have to deal with a lot of pushback. But it's how much pushback are you willing to deal with? Right. Um, there's a lot of niggas out there who are you know who could would do very well in the 50s we are not there um so things like like that so yeah they're in a completely different decade um there's a lot of dudes who are still you know who thrive on double standards and you know so things like that um i put that all under political views and um that i've seen destroy many a relationship so when i think about it too i think i probably would be Definitely political views would be something for me as well because I know to that point, like even though, again, we've done a lot of growing up together, literally and figuratively, being since we were 16, 17 years old, um, but that growth that you can kind of see in a person and mm-hmm. within yourself was like another reason why I knew we could like stay around each other. And there's actually one, so like one very like particular conversation one time that when we I think maybe we were like 18, 19 years old and uh, we were with one of his cousins and there was a conversation about if when the time came for us to be parents and if one of our children were gay and, you know, TJ kind of had the statement of like, well, I don't really care if my kid is gay, like, or whatever. He was like, I just want to be able to, like, you say, I just want to be able to, like, make jokes or whatever, like, so, but like, just like, or like, be, keep, you know, keep it light or whatnot. Yeah. He was like, I wouldn't give a shit if my kid was gay or bi or whatever. And, then, healthy. and and so, so there's a, a lot worse things you can be, be than gay. Yeah. yeah. And so, you know, in the, in the frame of like, this is like, 
an 18, 19 year old, you know, level of thinking and conversation. But it let me know that like, oh, all right, I can keep fooling with him because I'm like, at its core, what he's saying is that like he has no issue with it. He would not treat his child differently. He would, if our, you know, our future children were to be anything other than like straight cisgendered people, right? And I mean, so that was like a, a cue to child, me. Like the love is unconditional. A lot of people don't. A lot no, of people. A lot right. of people's love is con- very conditional, and they think that their love is unconditional. But a lot of people, yeah, and that's important. That's important. Like when people are like very, because I'm like, you're not gonna treat your child too, right? I feel like. <laughs> I do feel like once people have children, they a, a lot of them change. A lot of them don't, but a lot of them do. But yeah, I mean, being a father, it 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 shocks me to know that there's so many people who don't take care of their kids. Yeah, and it's just like, how could you not take care of your of, your of something that you've created? Yeah, regardless, like you know, baby mother, baby father, whatever. <coughs> I get it. You don't want to deal with them, but that has nothing to do with that child. The, and I think they that's didn't the ask to come to, yeah, yeah, they did not ask to come to this world. So. You could have easily put on a condom. Or, you know, I'm a very I'm a very big believer in plan A. You could have gone to that clinic and, like, you, you know. And, you choose. Yeah, you know, you could have taken care of that you real quick. And, you <laughs> go to the, uh, get plan B. Yeah, yes. you know, the next day, we could exactly. have, everything could have been handled. You know, there's, there's many a ways to, like, So you once know, you make that responsibility to have a child, it's, it's your responsibility to be yeah. there for that child, regardless of... How you feel or what's going on personally? Absolutely, so. no, I completely agree with that. Okay. Um, and we're gonna ask a few more questions before we get ready to kind of wrap these things up. Sure. And um, so obviously, you've been in relationships before, you've dated before, something and like that. Something sure, like that, right? <laughs> we've all been there. We've all got some. We've also got some experience in love and romance, whatever. It's a varying degrees. Um, so. We always talk about like kind of like non-negotiables mm-hmm. where we have, and so like yes. my my non-negotiables is cheat or like, beat, cheat or beat, right? I can't cheat on cheat her. Beat, I can't, can't beat, beat on her. I don't, don't have say, I don't have any. Well, non-negotiables. I do. So, what if any non-negotiables would you have as far as like either like and not just about like what would you would like just say no to something to, but like also like what would you not like accept in a relationship as far as like treatment or certain things so like you know again i always say cheater beat because that's you know we've we've weathered a lot of storms but those are like to me like the things where i'm like okay that would be where i would have to draw a line Mm -hmm. so do you have any of those um definitely can't beat on me because we're both going to jail that night like there's absolutely like definitely beating me is not an option exactly um please everybody should keep their hands to themselves um that yeah like nah I wouldn't hit him, you know. Um, uh, he better not hit me, like you know. Um, if we decide to be in a monogamous relationship, I am not accepting cheating. Okay. Um, if we agree to a non-monogamous one, that's a different story. Yeah. I mean, but then like, and also within that, like, um, there's boundaries within non-monogamy. Of course. So if those are crossed in any way. Um, yeah, I wouldn't be. I would, that's a non-negotiable. Whenever I, whatever boundary that's created for the relationship is a non-negotiable, and cheating is a boundary that um, shouldn't be crossed in a monogamous relationship. Um, ooh, um, any form of abuse, not even just like physical, like yeah. any type of emotional manipulation. Um, if I'm hip to it, uh, yeah, that can't continue. Got it. Got it. Um, I think gaslighting is a big thing. Yeah. Um, and I understand that people don't, there's people that don't realize that they gaslight. 
don't, I don't be gaslighting. It's, it's actually, okay, so what's crazy is that, like, gaslighting is, like, it's almost like men are raised to, like, be gaslighters. Like, y'all, it's, like, in your arsenal of things. Like, that's how you handle, particularly women. Speak it's just, like, to tell you that, like, you know, that's just, this. So let's, let's define gaslighting. <laughs> it's like when you try to like make someone feel like their thought, like you're trying to, when you try to like make me say and do things to make me like question my sanity, like, yeah. or like question my the validity of what like I'm saying. What? Oh my gosh, it's happened plenty of times. But I'm just I just want an example so I can say yes, I do that or no, I don't do that. But I don't I don't think I'm a gaslighter. That's gaslighting right now because of the fact. No, let me tell you why. It because, is that because, to be like I'm not a gaslighter. Like you're the gaslighter. Exactly because it's like when I'm saying that you're a gas when you gaslight me and you're like I need definitive examples and receipts and timestamps and stuff. And I, when I'm telling you like I'm even though I can't for examples so that way I can get <coughs> an, an idea. I don't Excuse think me. that I'm gaslighting, but I'm not. I am not going to say that that I have never done something. I'm saying that to me. I would feel like if someone's gaslighting, that means that they are purposely trying to get well, to, it Well, something. to Chachi's point, it may not be that you're purposely trying to do okay. it, but it's like an arsenal of... Because it's like, I feel like I really do, like men particularly are raised to like, um, to... Um, what, when women say things, if they don't agree with it, just disregard it completely. And it's just like, oh, you're saying that I do this to you? I don't do it to you. Like, because it to, in my head, it's what I'm supposed to be doing. So, like, you know, it, um, okay. you know, tell a woman, like, you know, oh, like, you know, I don't, uh, for example, like, she's like, you know, you were talking to that girl over there, and I really don't like when you talk to that particular woman. Oh, I wasn't even talking to her like that. Like, you always in your head about it. It's because you have a problem. It's because you're insecure. You're the one with the issue. I wasn't even talking to her like that. I just asked her the time. And it's like, I just told you that I just don't like you talking to her, period. Like, it's all of this other, and now I sound, now I feel crazy because, <laughs> you know, so. Um, I, all right, so then I, I may be guilty. <laughs> Thank you. It only took 16 years. But, I've, but I all things, this episode is down my favorite now because you've got, I've gotten you that clarity. On but I'm, I'm, I'm super transparent. So You are. What, what I'm, all if I'm, I'm wrong, I'm, I'm going to say I'm wrong. So right. I may have used those terms, but I don't feel like I... I don't trying. personally that, yeah, I'm not saying in my head, how can I fuck with Danny or mm -hmm. how, how can I make her feel crazy? I'm really like, yo, you you interpret this wrong. Like this, so for me, so I don't feel like, like that's it's gas. all in my head. That's kind of like gaslighting. Or even when I'm telling you that you're trying to gaslight me and you're like, but I'm really I mean, not trying I mean, to. I, I know you're, when I'm telling you, you're trying you. to, you're gaslighting me and I say, and you're like, well, it's almost like if you when you say, if you can't give me a definitive example with like this this scenario and this date and this time and this is what was going on, this is what you had on TJ, then it's like it didn't happen. And that I'm not is, saying that it never happened, but I am I, I am a big person. Like if I did something, give me that example just so I can correct my wrong. So but how I feel about it. Is so like, I, I think when it comes to gaslighting, particularly, mm -hmm. I always. You know, I always say, like, if somebody is accusing you of gaslighting, I think you should step back and be like, okay, what is going on? Like, what are they saying? Okay. What is, what is, why, what are they saying? Why are they saying it? And then why am I responding the way that I'm responding? It's That's hard fair. to do That's in, fair. like, in the middle of an argument. Of course. 100%. But, like, you know, you're telling that person to step back and, like, think about what they're saying because they feel a type of way. Like, and so 
do the same. Whatever you're asking, do the same thing. And if you can't feel, and if you feel uncomfortable doing it, imagine what's happening with that person. And that's how I've kind of like, because we all can, we all have ability to gaslight. We do it to children. We do it to other people. We do it to our friends. But, you know, men do have a, you know, a A Got a masters in that shit. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Because like I said, it's like, it's almost like it's a part of like, you know, how you deal with, other genders is how you deal with other people that's how you kind of like it's because it's not because um there's somebody online who said that i I think it was a feminista jones that men don't really um they're seen as a logical gender but they don't actually go into conversations with logic they go into it with like you know manipulative tactics Mm. and that's how they handle it because if you can manipulate somebody you don't have to you don't really have to argue your point true i think that's a valid point thank you (laughs) for helping us I don't think that's all men, but I get it. It's not, I mean, it's not, nothing not, is not, ever all. Nothing, nothing is ever all men. We don't do superlatives. We don't do all or none. It's all. It might be most or some. I'm just, but but you know, as a it's it's for a, the men out for there. the majority. And I mean, like, and I always say that you, Twitter is a great example of like a lot of these things. Um, because while we say like social media, people always try to make it seem like it's not real, but it's a great representation of how people are thinking yeah, and how they no. move in reality. I, so, so I always say social media is a devil. But I also feel like you get to see how people truly feel exactly. and truly think. And the caveat or, or, or the, the, the opposite for, for me, at least with that, is like if a guy says something that's crazy, instead of everybody just attacking him, it should be like try to get try to understand why he thinks that way. You know what I mean? Like, because we live no I, I, you you're making the face, but that's why a lot of men probably don't say something or, or, or they don't open up because if they say something that's considered taboo or whatever, people are shooting at them as opposed to trying to help them understand or learn from what they're saying. It depends on what it is. That's where it depends I on what it is. I, I, I mean, listen, we, we are a product of, of our environment and not every man is the same. I feel like I'm, I'm, I'm a lot different than, than other men. And that's just because of how I was raised and how I looked at situations. But not everyone, everyone, not everyone's gonna do that. I know a lot of dudes who are still homophobic. They still say pause. Or I'm not saying that. I'm a grown man. I know what I like. And honestly, I won't say it even more because everyone is telling me I have to say it. So now I may say some off the wall shit just because I I want you to tell me I have to say pause. Well, I understand. But, but what I'm saying is that there's there's a lot of people who don't know they they don't know better and yes they may be grown men but they just don't know better so you gotta now it can be very taxing it can be very frustrating but there's a lot of men who just don't know no better then i would and and in that regard i always leave it for other men to teach that's fair because that's that's fair i was kind of because i'm not i'm not i'm not teaching anymore no i I mean (laughs) same way how it's not our responsibility to teach white people how to treat us yeah it's not you leave it to to teach folks to teach men how to or treat people other than other men. We have to be accountable for that. Just I, like I, straight I, I people agree. should treat to cheat just straight cis people should teach other 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 people. Um, I would never put. Um, you were never gonna. I never want to put the onus on somebody who's already burdened with the oppression to continue teaching us to teach me something that I can learn from. You know, somebody who already knows better. Our good friend Google, right? Like, a good friend Google, or like you know, somebody else who knows better around me. You know, I, I I'm, I, I when it, it people do get attacked, um, but I, it, it really 
depends on what they're saying. Also, once again, in this patriarchal system, um, women are also, you know, flag bearers of that shit. So, mm-hmm. like, they will definitely jump down a man's throat if they feel like they're saying something that's too vulnerable or too emotional. So, no, I I, I can agree on that. But um, as far as, like, teaching somebody, yeah, I'm going to leave that to other men to handle, yeah, handle I mean, their homies. I just think, <laughs> I think it's definitely a conversation. And, and, you know, I, I do think that men should be able to hold other men accountable. Like, if, if you have a friend that's a woman beater or a deadbeat, like, you should be able to pull them up and it shouldn't... And say something, yeah. yeah. That shouldn't be cool. That's the, Like, there's nothing cool about hanging with somebody who ain't shit. Yeah. Period. Mm-hmm. Facts. So. Speaking to... Singing to the rafters. Well, as much as I love this conversation, we're going to have to start to wrap it up. So, the last question is for you. Um, and again, think, looking at one of your... Um, Art, written articles, because you're also a writer, <laughs> you, woman of many hats, right? I try, um, I try. How do you go about making sure that you embrace an inherent love and not heartbreak in your life? I do not blame myself for other people's actions. Um, that was something I was doing. Um, it's not my fault. I didn't do it. Um, I, if the relationship, if I did something, you know, I take accountability. But I'm not going to blame. You know, myself, I'm not going to blame because I look a certain way. I'm not going to say it's because I, you know, I, I, you know, didn't lose the weight or I didn't get my hair straightened or, you know, and I communicate a lot in relationships. Like, I'm, I don't sit on things. I'm just like, okay, this bothers me. I want to bring it up. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to blame myself if you think that communication is nagging. I'm not, you know, things like that. So I no longer blame myself. I am absolutely deserving of love. I'm deserving of a full type of love, of the love I need and require to, like, you know, be in a relationship. And if I'm not offered that um, and I've done my best, it's not my fault. Period. Full stop. (laughs) Send to the printers. Uchachi, thank you so very much. Thank you for having me. Honestly. Thank you for being here. This was like... A lot of gems, a lot of bars dropped. Thank you. Um, folks, this now brings us to yet an- the end of another episode of Lover's Quarrel. Yes. As always, you know that you can find us on Instagram at Lover's Quarrel Show, on Twitter at Lover's Quarrel 7, and you can email us with your questions, concerns, comments, anything in the meantime, in between time, at show at gmail.com. And how can they find you? Um, so they can find me on all social medias at Words by Uchechi. That's Words by U-C-H-E-C-H-I. You can also find me on Run the Tape. And um, mm-hmm. I have a couple of articles on Medium. And I'm on there as Uchechi Chinyere, Chinyere, C-H-I-N-Y-E-R-E. Um, and you can find me on The Grapevine as well, too. So. Of course. Well, again, thank you so much for being thank on. Thank you for having me. And as always, I am your girl, Danny. And I'm your guy, TJ. And you know that we fuss. We fight. But, but we, we love. love. Bye. Bye. Say bye-bye. Bye-bye.